Hi, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease and author of the book, A Guide and Journal for Cancer Patients and Caregivers, that shares the same name as this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more. And this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me. Success stories of people that have been through hard times and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including inspirational stories about living with diabetes, healthy transformations, as well as managing our careers. Now, if you like these episodes, please do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed and help us inspire more people. And now for this episode, I am so excited to introduce you to Dr. Kenneth Bach, a world-renowned leader in integrative medicine for over 35 years and author of several successful books on healing and chronic diseases. I learned so much from this episode and Dr. Bach's recent book, Brain Inflamed. I cannot wait to hear what you think. Not only is he a wealth of knowledge, he is so kind and charismatic. I could talk to him for so many hours. I truly felt like I was just chatting with family. So please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to Dr. Kenneth Bach, a leader in integrative medicine. He has over 35 years of experience diagnosing the root cause of chronic illnesses and restoring balance to his patient's immune systems. He found Bach Integrative Medicine in response to the increasing need for board-certified medical providers to take a whole-body approach. He's a sought-out expert because of his natural curiosity and expertise at tackling medical problems that have been truly difficult to diagnose and treat. Dr. Bach has lectured nationally and internationally for over three decades and has co-authored four successful books. His latest book is Brain Inflamed, Uncovering the Hidden Causes of Anxiety, Depression, and Other Mood Disorders in Teens and Adolescents. I just finished the book and I will tell you, it was, it, it's one of those books that I think can speak to so many of us, whether you're a patient or not a patient, uh, whether you're a parent or not a parent, because I think we can all identify with hardships in life and how important it is to have this element of hope, whatever it is you might be going through. So I am completely honored that I have someone with as many accolades and such expertise as Dr. Bach on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Dr. Bach, for being here. Karen, you're too kind. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, we're going to have, um, oh, well, we're talking about a serious matter. We're going to have a little bit of fun here too, because I think, um, at least knowing from our, our previous conversation, I, I feel like there's so many different directions that we can go. But first, I want to congratulate you on the latest book. Like I said, uh, I really enjoyed it. I think uh, for anybody out there that's curious uh, about anything that's going on with their body, I think it's it. there's so many uh, 
nuggets of wisdom and deep information that you can get from it. But let's start with, can you explain to people what is integrative medicine? Because I'll tell you, I think a lot of people think of it just as like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to the doctor and there's an integrative medicine department that has Reiki and massage therapy, all wonderful modalities that I love, but I know it's more than that. And I'd love for you to share your thoughts on it. That is a great starting question because we we talk about that as uh, uh, integrative medicine light, <laughs> which is basically like a, a Chinese menu. You take a little from A and a little from uh, B and you sprinkle it on. So you go for surgery and you get a little massage therapy, maybe acupuncture. Nothing against massage therapy and acupuncture, don't get me wrong, but that's not integrative medicine. That's, you know, adding various other types of adjunctive modalities. To me, integrative medicine as practiced by a physician is a mindset. It's looking at a person in a way, not just being satisfied to see them quickly, make a diagnosis and give them medication or surgery to help, uh, alleviate or, or, or ameliorate symptoms, but rather always looking with the question of what's causing this, what's driving this, and uh, not being satisfied until you find out. It's like peeling an onion, getting deeper and deeper to find out what's really going on. As one of my patients and uh, friends said, uh, it's like looking under the hood of each patient. And I say this to every new patient. It's like looking under the hood. And they get it. Everybody gets that. And it gives, it gives a smile because that's what I do. It's like being a medical detective. And so it's really a mindset. It's a very important thing of like systems biology, recognizing that nothing's isolated. Just because you have a symptom, it doesn't mean it's isolated. If you're chronically ill, you can't not look at the gut. Not saying the gut's always going to be involved. But you have to look because of this whole gut immune brain axis, which I discuss a lot in the book. And it's recognizing the interconnectivity yeah. of the body and the systems. I mean, I, you probably feel the same way, Karen. I mean, for me as a doctor, uh, I remember taking a course in college and I majored in American Indian studies. So I didn't major in science. Initially. Wow. I was okay. going I I to be an ethnobotanist which was uh, for the Native American. I actually made a major in Native American Indian studies. So it's very different. I was going to be botany of the Native Americans. That's I had a professor I really loved in British, British Columbia. And I, but, you know, then I, then I switched and I decided to go into medicine. So it's no surprise that in some way I brought that with me. I took yeah. a nutrition course in college. So I was always interested in this. And so the point being that I always had this, innate curiosity that really likes answers and it's like it's both analysis because you have to break things down and figure them out and then synthesis putting it together so to me it's very very fulfilling and you know my mind works that way i love details and you know uh, i mean i can remember when i was a resident and somebody would come in with multiple complaints like you know the list of 10 20 complaints the immediate thing our attending would say to us, oh, give them Valium. You know, it's all psycho psychogenic. And now I have patients that come in with these multiple complaints. And you know what? They may, a lot of them may be psychological, like I say in the book. And truthfully, it may not be due to psychological causes. I mean, obviously, stress impacts. But it could be due to tick-borne. Yeah. It could be due to autoimmunity. It could be due to thyroid. It could be due to it's all these things that can impact. And 
you'll never ever get these people well. And in this case, I talk about adolescents and teens, but for your audience, they should really recognize that this book really, although it's geared for the niche of adolescents and teens, it's really very appropriate for yeah. adults as well. It really is. Yeah, completely. I, yes, exactly. And so, you know, I, I, I just think I wanted that this was like, I've been in practice for it's like this is my 38th year. I've written a lot of but This was the book I really wanted to put it all together. And I feel like I, I feel like it's the best work I've ever done. I really uh, have to say I really I'm, I'm very thrilled with it. And I'm happy that it's such an easy read that people can understand. Because the bottom line is when we were talking, you said the same thing. There's only so many people you can talk to on the phone who may ask you for what you went through and you can help them. I can only see, I see people from all over the country and the world, but I can only, you know, help thousands maybe. But this book reaches much more than that. And it gives people, hopefully, you know, I, hopefully I'm driving to give them realistic hope and avenues and pathways to pursue. Not to make diagnoses on their own, but to give them avenues and pathways to pursue. Well, right to the point of hope is that when... I can speak to it for myself being a patient and I can only imagine if my child was going through something and, and it gets worse and worse and worse. Um, sometimes people don't know where to go and to have hope can help you realize that it may take a little time and then it may take a little work, but in all these powerful stories that you shared, the patients, the kids, the families started to see some relief and incredible improvements. And so knowing that, you know, sometimes it's the answer is not just take pills or medication. Sometimes it's figuring out the cause, or as you say, the root of that so that you can help rectify, you know, that can be, the immunity can be boosted or, or whatever you do d discover to help the child or the person feel better. Yes, yes. I mean, I just would say, just so to be real clear, the immunity is such a big issue because immune dysregulation is so important in all these things because brain inflammation, we can talk a lot more about inflammation for sure, but it's really modulating or balancing the immunity, not just boosting it. I always, I always make a joke to my patients if they go into a health food store and have an 18-year-old say, oh, we're going to boost your immune system. The <laughs> problem is this person's got autoimmunity and their immune system is in hyperdrive, they need it to be quelled or quieted, not boosted. So yes. the key is that we, I have to figure out where somebody fits, and that's the key to all these really comprehensive integrated medicine evaluations I do to try to figure out what I have to do to balance the system, both you know from the immune system, the endocrine system, et cetera, you know, nutrients. I mean, nutrients are very important. I use therapeutic doses of nutrients, but also you have to recognize that there can be adverse effects from certain kinds you have to monitor you just we use a lot of vitamin d but you have to monitor it because vitamin d is fat soluble and can be toxic so you know it's not just willy-nilly that's why it's important to have somebody do these things who knows the intricacies of of these things because you know nutrients to me are my medicines not that i don't use medicines i use medicines when i need them for sure but you know we we you know the problem out there with, with nutrients is a lot of people think oh i'm taking this multiple that has everything in it well, you look at the doses in the multiple, and rather than milligrams, they're micrograms, which is a thousandth of the dose. So it looks, oh, wow, I got everything, but the doses are so menial, it doesn't really mean anything. And so the key is, you know, right nutrient, right dose. And, and 
the same thing, right medicine, right dose. I use medicines, but I try to be able to use the lowest doses to have the lowest side effects. And I can do that by, you know, with all the other things we do in terms of dietary modifications and nutritional supplements and things. So it's, it's that whole kind of approach. It's an integrative approach. And so getting back, you know, I love it when we can have a conversation and circle back. So circling back to integrative medicine, it's a mindset. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not. Ju- it's not just sprinkling a little Reiki, a little acupuncture, etc., with drugs, <laughs> and sur- you know, surgeons saying we do integrative medicine. It's a mindset that looks at a problem from a perspective of function of how we can what's impairing this person's ability to function optimally and how we can get them back there. And it's usually a gradual process. It's not dramatic. Sometimes it is, but you have to be recognized if somebody's been sick for years. You're not going to get them better yesterday. It's going to take time to get things back working and to and and a lot of times it's sequential. The timing is very important of how we do it so that you just don't pile everything on at once and and blow somebody out. That's not the way to do it either. You have to be sensitive to how these systems interact and how one system, if you kick it up and another system's not working well, that can have issues so it's that's the importance of doing this with somebody who has this really comprehensive solid knowledgeable integrative medicine background and approach so as i'm hearing you speak it sounds like you're saying whoever it it may be if it's somebody who's got you you think your child or you as a person have a chronic illness or even if you're um just going ahead in life and, and you think everything's fine, see a practitioner when you want to play around with different nutrients or uh, supplements. Uh, because when you're talking about balancing immunity, you, um, you, may, you may be whacking it out of gear if you are putting in new things that don't equal, like I'm thinking of it as like a math problem and you may be putting too much in or not doing enough and you need that person to help you navigate. Yeah. I mean, navigate is a great word because that's what I say. Most of the time people come to me to help them navigate. In fact, I even use the word, let's say I'll have a mother brings her kid, right? And, and the mother's, I mean, I started this whole, uh, my, my my work with integrated medicine in 1983 it goes back yeah but in not in 98 i gave i was doing some I, my first book came out in 97 the road to immunity and i was doing some research on these uh, immune modulatory peptides called transfer factors and i was asked to give a lecture at an autism conference people were very impressed they didn't know me at that point and then all of a sudden my practice got overrun with uh, uh, parents bringing autistic kids because they liked what i had to say and they started getting better because i have this integrated medicine approach and kids with autism, you know, weren't getting really better. So all of a sudden the word got out, oh, got to go see Bach. So I got flooded with that. And then, and I treated thousands of those kids and, and many recoveries. I mean, not obviously not all of them, but I have kids in college now, many you would never know were autistic. It's, it's very gratifying. But as those parents brought their families, and this was not only from all over the country, but they started coming from all over the world. I was, you know, I was consulting in Asia a lot. and um, they brought their the, the families with them, and I would then start to see the other kids who weren't autistic, but they had anxiety, depression, OCD, mood disorders, etc. And they asked me if I'd see those kids, and sure enough, it was a very similar approach because I realized that that many of the same things 
obviously it wasn't autism, but many of the same imbalances or insufficiencies were contributing to those things. And so I really started to see tons of those kids. And that's where this book, that's why I waited over a decade to write my next book, because I just really felt I wanted to wait till I had something very substantial to say. And it turns out that brain inflammation, which is a, is a very significant subset of autistic kids, is also a very significant subset of adolescents and teens and children, really. But, you know, you have to kind of, when you write a book, you know, you have to, you have to make it a certain thing. You're not going to say this is for every single person under the sun, you you know, that. So, but it is relevant, but, you know, so for adolescents and teens, you, you, so brain inflammation is, is a part of many of these kids, anxiety, depression, other mood disorders. And in fact, that the only presentation of some of the things I talk about in the book, let's say take Lyme disease, for example, like tick-borne disease, which you know, I see thousands of cases. And I, I live in an area in, in two hours north of New York City in the beautiful Hudson Valley where it's endemic. That means it's tons of deers, tons of ticks, tons of Lyme and co-infections. If a kid has Lyme disease and their only manifestation is neuropsychiatric, i.e. only they only have anxiety, he or she, anxiety. Uh, or depression, or let's say even more mood dysregulation and insomnia, maybe panic attacks, they don't have fevers, headaches, the skin rash, joint aches, or anything, only psychological complaints. All the psychotropic medications and therapy in the world is not going to get that kid better. It might help them a little bit, don't get me wrong. And I have all of them do those things. It depends how bad they are. But if you don't treat the underlying Lyme disease or co-infection, they're never going to get better. So you then relegate these kids to a life of psychotropics and therapy uh-huh. and never get them better. Wow. Uh-huh. And that's, that's really, I have to have to say one thing, that's the whole premise of the book and not every kid has it. So I, 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 I never, if you read the book, I never make a statement that every kid has because it's not true. There's a kid, you have a teenager who's uh, a boy and the girlfriend breaks up with him suddenly and the kid is devastated, Right. And maybe even suicidal. We know how bad that can get. You know, that, you know, for a teen, everything is just so encapsulated. That's all. And we have to hopefully get them through these times because there have been very sad stories. But the point being is they can't see that it's just a blip in their life. That's how I usually counsel them to to have them realize three months, six months, believe me, this will be a blip. We got to get you through it. Sometimes that's the thing. Sometimes a panic disorder is a panic disorder. You know what I'm saying? But, but, that's and and it needs therapy or uh, and maybe needs a little you know either SSRI or needs a, a anti-anxiety med for a while you know hopefully and you can look at the other things because diet and such can help as well but the underlying things that I'm talking about Lyme or autoimmunity or thyroid or adrenal or you know food allergies things if they're there you need to find them and that's the whole thing and so people could be very aware it's. If you don't look at it, I said this in my first book in 1997, The Road to Immunity. If you don't look, you won't see. And if you don't listen, you won't hear. And quite frankly, I hate to say in medicine, and it's not a put down. This is unfortunately the way it is because, you know, doctors have, you know, seven minutes, maybe average. You know, Mm -hmm. they want to go in there. They want to hear whatever they need to hear, make a diagnosis and give a medicine and walk out. And the fact is you... I don't, I need more time. I, I never spend less than, you know, half an hour. Maybe if somebody's doing great 2020, you know, but you, you need to hear and, and, and listen to what's going on because they'll tell you. 
if you listen and then you you have to look and get confirmatory labs and things so that's the only thing that's really if you if you ask me what this is about it's really about increasing awareness for people because the same thing if an adult has the same symptoms it very well can be the same thing so this is adolescents and teens but i don't want it to be lost in the fact that this can really help the parents as well and, and people without kids is that if you just have this awareness and then in every chapter in the book i break it down and there are questions and clues as to what may lead you to think wow maybe this is playing a role in my adolescent or teens situation so maybe i can look into it that's all i ask is just to be aware bring it to your doctor bring it to an integrative medicine physician what have you and just make sure that it's it's not there if it's not it's not but if it is you will be extremely uh, gratified uh, if it's treated if it's diagnosed and treated appropriately so as you're saying all this i'm thinking wow uh, clearly so many people need you. You've helped them. They are reacting to things that are going on in their life or their child's life by seeing you, the integrative medicine expert, right? But what about, yeah. I, I'm like, wow, maybe I want to go or have my child go <laughs> because how do we know maybe my mood, his mood, right, is because of something else. Do you have people or do you suggest that people go see an integrative um, medicine well, specialist, doctor, whoever it might be, to yes. be proactive? Yes. So, the, I mean, you have to say, yes, really excellent questions, really. I mean, yes, definitely. I mean, you know, I have people that come in and sometimes they apologize to me. You know, I know I'm not as sick as all your patients. I said, no, no, it's great. I'd rather you come in here before. I'd rather you come in here looking for more wellness. You know, when I started out, you know, I, I did, in those days, we called it a holistic family practice. I really don't like the word holistic now because there's a holistic everything. So I, I really, I stay away from that, you know. Um, but, you know, I was 83, you know, and, um, but basically, so we did a lot of wellness and I still do that. But, you know, obviously I see some of the most ill people from around the world. And so, but I have, thankfully, I have a new nurse practitioner who is wonderful. I mean, her, her name is Jen, Jennifer Jen, and she's a gem, <laughs> really, literally. And so it's great. And she's very interested in the wellness aspect. And, and she and my son, my son who actually does my websites, and actually it's great having my son work with me. Um, uh, they're working on putting together a really, really a high level wellness program because I do it, but I, I really, I, I would like it to be really, really structured at wellness. And, and, and Jen has more time now. She's younger and it's great. And yeah, I'm very much in favor of that because the truth is I, I, I'll say to, I'll say to you, Karen and, and others listening, you know, when you go to the doctor and he says, Oh, you're right. You, you, eat, you, eat, you eat a good diet. You know, you're fine. Uh, well, how do you know? Yeah, did you ever measure the level of zinc? You have to measure vitamin D. We know that. Most of the people I measure vitamin D are either low or at rock bottom normal, which to me is still low. Because um, there's a whole concept of deficiency versus insufficiency. And many people are insufficient, even though they, quote, don't meet the strict criteria of deficiency. Um, and so, you know, how do you know if you don't measure? You know, we measure sometimes uh, a gene called the MTHFR, which has to do with methylation, which is a very, very important cellular metabolic process and detoxification in the cell. And many, many people have mutations in that gene that then make 
proteins, the enzymes, which are proteins, because genes code for proteins, these, these enzymes are a little different than if the gene was normal. They still work, but maybe they work, there's one mutation, 70% effective. If there are two mutations, they may be 30% efficient. So you can imagine that what that enzyme is supposed to do, you're going to have a lot less of the end product that you need. So we can bypass that by giving the end products, let's say in this case, methylfolate. So you, you, you always hear about folic acid in foods. Well, if you have this mutation in your genes, you can't make, the, you have difficulty making the folic acid into methylfolate and methylfolate is the active one. It crosses the blood-brain barrier. It's the one you need. So we give methylfolate. That's what we do. We do nutritional modulation of genetic expression. If there's some kind of a weakness uh, in, in the genes, I call it a weakness, but whatever, you know, polymorphisms, different little, little snips, little changes that make for different structural and functional proteins, then we can deal with that. But how do you deal if you don't know? So it means, you know, it means looking at things and hopefully they're covered by insurance. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. And that's the unfortunate thing that, you know, it, it, people have to be committed to that. But it's only, it's not forever. It's like once you figure these things out and then you monitor, you give them the right dose of nutrients, you monitor getting the vitamin D in the, in the appropriate level or the zinc in the appropriate level, whatever, then you don't have to keep on testing it. You know, you, and people are on a regimen that's right for them. So we say it's a very kind of a targeted nutrient program and it's individualized for each person. If everybody could do it, yes. Yes, I, I, I would say even for the vaccinations, like now for COVID, there are various things like you were talking about. There are various nutrients uh, that we give and, and um, to help modulate and, and ho hopefully help have the most appropriate immune response. But some of those things um, can enhance this uh, innate immune response that the, that the vaccine first stimulates and then goes to the more adaptive memory response but but after the second vaccination like i had the two of moderna and i got after the second one, i didn't work the next day because i got the fatigue and, and chills and muscle i was very common after the second vaccination because you're creating an inflammatory immune response that's what it does so we we will tell people you don't take these right after that because you don't want to you know accelerate that response and you don't want to take the anti-inflammatory herbs and nutrients right then because you want to let the response be appropriate. But then you might add them back in a week or two, you know. So a lot of things are timed and you have to know it. You have to obviously be working with someone who knows these things. Um, and we've had a lot of success, not just with, you know, vaccinations. And I try to have everybody's immune system be in the best possible shape because you like to vaccinate it into a healthy immune system. But it's the same thing with all these things. If you can have a person look to get this integrative medicine evaluation, and you don't have to do it every year. I mean, you know, I mean, certainly you get it once and you have somebody look at you and say, aha, based on your uh, genetics, your family history and some lab testing and your past history. Aha, this these are what you need. This may be appropriate for you. It's not the same for everybody. It's a good way moving into the future. So I agree with you 100 percent. I'll say to, we're talking in a lot of full circles here. As you're sitting here talking about M, the MT, is it MTHR? Uh, MTHFR. MTHFR. So I got tested and I, and like you said, I had no idea, but I was deficient in it. 
And so the integrative practitioner that I worked with did give me some supplements to counter um, to counteract that. So I, I, I only throw that out there to the listeners to know that this stuff is real and this stuff, I mean, I'm not going to say it's super easy. You have to make the time to make the appointment and then go get the testing and then wait for the results. But even if you uh, are in a well state and, and you're not, you don't think you have chronic illness, it is, um, you know, I think we all want to live a better life. We all want to. And then if we do become sick, your body is, you know, we call it, we'll talk about it like a terrain, right? If you uh, don't water the grass, it's going to, there's going to be weeds, it might die out a little bit, but if you nourish the grass and the garden and whatever it might be, your body, you know, the garden has a better chance of, you know, growing nourishing foods and flowers, even if there's a weed or two there. And so I oftentimes think of my, of my system, my family system, my friends, their bodies as like, uh, just to motivate people to try. And even when they're feeling well, even when things seem to be good to seek out more information on their wellness state. Right. And yes, so, totally. and, and so I'm really excited to hear that you, uh, which I, I figured you would be a strong proponent of it too. I just wasn't sure the, um, the direction you went with it. Are you able, as much as we, uh, we all know, and as, as we stated earlier, it's important if you're going to make any changes, uh, you're, you know, in your supplemental regimen to connect with somebody who's an expert in that area because you don't know what you're doing. Um, is there any broad advice that you can give to people with teens when it comes to food and their mood? Because I know there was a lot in, in the various stories you were saying, some people would go gluten-free, other people would not eat dairy. Is there anything overarching that you could share as a starting point? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's some very basic things. So in terms of diet, you know, the, the most fundamental part of the diet, and I tell it to every one of the, uh, the parents, is you got to cut down, you got to avoid sugar as much as possible. Sugar is just inflammatory. Sugar just does no good, really, quite frankly. And, and, and that sugar is not only adding sugar to coffee, but that sugar is in, I hate to say it, we grew up, you know, I'm a little bit older than you, I'm sure, but we grew up, you know, where we, you know, uh, if you try to avoid soda, which of course was a part of, our lives when we went to the local corner yeah. candy store and got our cherry lime rickies or our egg creams <laughs> you know that's all you know i don't know if anybody remembers chocolate egg creams but they were like unbelievable right but the problem is is you know and, and getting coke and stuff you know um uh i'm not trying to be anti-corporate but that you know that's sugar you know yeah. as well as you know all these phosphates that impact with magnesium and calcium unfortunately but but um but orange juice apple juice it's, you know, I hate to say it, but that those are just sugar, you know? I mean, so fruits at least have some fiber, the fibrousy fruits, but even a lot of the really sweet fruits, like watermelon and things, I love them. And obviously, there's something you can eat them in matter, but, you know, if, if, if you eat tons of that stuff, that's sugar. Now, some people can tolerate it better than others, but we have to really, grapes and stuff, raisins, dried fruits, you know, listen a little bit. I'm I'm a moderate, but there's there's sugar. So when I have people who eat tons of that stuff, they hate to hear it, but that's eating a lot of sugar, even though you're not adding sugar specifically to things, right? 
And then, so that's the, the one thing, and, and decreasing refined carbs. So you're not eating white breads, white flour, you know, you're, you're cutting down on the pastas and the potatoes and stuff. As much as we love them, those are refined carbs. Now, some people handle them better than others, but there are lots of people that are carb intolerant, and especially people with inflammation. They seem to need, you know, wheat and gluten can be inflammatory. Dairy can be inflammatory. So we vary that. I don't put everybody on the same diet, but, you know, if somebody is having uh, a, a lot of inflammatory issues, I do think of trials of gluten-free dairy. And we look. I look to see if they have allergies. I look to see if they, they have celiac or gluten sensitivity. But there's a lot of people that don't have that that even find benefit from being off those. Not everybody. Then, uh, and then specifically, you know, uh, food allergies, if you're allergic to something, even something good like eggs. Eggs are healthy, especially if you don't break the uh, eggs open and, and scramble them. But if you poach them with soft boil, the healthiest way to have eggs in terms of the cholesterol factor, you know, but if you're allergic to eggs, you know, you, you can't have eggs. So, so in general, uh, a Mediterranean type diet has been shown. So the classic American diet has contributed to, to depression. There are studies to show that and the and the more mediterranean type diet with you know protein the good fats like uh, olive oil and avocado and veggies 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 i always say veggies 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 and you know some fruits but you know not overdoing it in the fruits because you want to keep the sugar down that is a healthy diet and that will help that can very much especially if these kids i have a in one of the chapters i talk about low blood sugar where you know sugar um uh is a problem, refined carbs are a problem, and needing to eat more frequent meals is helpful there. So like everybody's, not everybody has that, so everybody's individual, but the key as a general rule, a Mediterranean type diet, I would say, and for the people who are really, really inflamed, sometimes we have to do a modified ketogenic, which really has no fruits and very little carbs, basically the carbs are from veggies, so it's protein, veggies, and good fats, you know, avocados, olive oil, coconut oil, that kind of stuff. So that's the most extreme. Well, and, and, and then we'd stop. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I can speak from experience that I, when I was making all those changes because of the stage four cancer, I changed my diet tremendously. And it was wild how much energy I had, even though I was completely tired and from all the crying and the going to shuffling to different doctors, but to from someone who thought I ate well enough to someone who then, and that was eating baked lays or eating, right? Eating processed right, right. foods that were not high in fat, but they had no nutrients to then going and eating, right. as you put it, veggies, veggies, and veggies. Veggies did my body such wonder. And to this day, I think I've been able to manage my weight pretty easily. Um, my skin looks amazing. And I'm still going through chemotherapy, but because of the amount of wonderful, largely vegetables I eat, I think that really helps. Uh, but I think yeah. you were going to say something maybe about supplements. Was that the direction yeah, you were going? Yeah, because I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, again, this uh, same friend that talked about, she's great with metaphors. Uh, I, I don't know, you might even know her, Chris Carr. Um, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, so Chris is, you know, is a friend and uh, I know her well. And um She's great with metaphors. She's the one with the uh, look under the hood. She's a great metaphor. I use it all the time with her permission, of course. Uh -huh. And also this thing, the whole, we, she called it the Holy Trinity. We talked we talk about supplements and she just, I talked about the main ones. You know, I said, I think everybody really should be taking, if you're not going to individualize it, everybody needs probiotics, 
almost everybody. I'm not going to ever say everybody, but listen, I would say it's a general probiotics, fish oils, and vitamin D. And she said, yeah, the Holy Trinity. I said, oh, it's great, the Holy Trinity, right? And it, um, and of course, vitamin D, you have to, you should check a level to make sure that you don't overshoot, you know? Yeah. So if you take right. 5,000, because that's, it's, it's fat soluble. And, and fish oils, generally, if you take fish oils at any significant doses, I like you to take a little vitamin E or we have a TOCA score, which is a certain type of it, which is really good. Just because you like to, there, you know, you like to, you don't want them to get oxidized in the body. So it's good to have a little protective antioxidant there. But if I had to take those three, that, as a general, I'd say, yeah, that's that's, you know, and then you know, but in terms of brain inflamed, you know, you're talking about inflammation. You know, fish oils are anti-inflammatory. Vitamin D is very immune modulatory and anti-inflammatory. Probiotics are anti-inflammatory because the microbiome is, you know, is the whole gut immune brain connection which is so key um and uh, curcumin if i had to take an herb i'd say probably curcumin or curcumin from turmeric is also extremely anti-inflammatory has very very well documented effects on the immune system in the directions we wanted to and especially for the kids i deal with so i use a lot of those you know and then you know i don't know how much time we have left but you know we we talk um you know, I, I've been very much now, the lecture I'm doing is about this blood, the blood-brain barrier, which I speak about in the book as well, but that really hasn't been spoken about. But the blood-brain barrier is that dynamic cellular interface that separates the kind of the body from the brain and tries to keep the brain healthy, keep the toxins out and all mm -hmm. that. And we used to think it was like this castle, this immune privilege, nothing get in, but it's not true. And just like, and if you've ever heard of this thing called leaky gut, where yeah. the gut gets leaky and lets things in, inflammatory medias out into the circulation and things they get up to the, the blood brain barrier the brain and you end up with that inflammation causing a leaky blood brain barrier we call loss of integrity of the blood brain barrier and that allows these inflammatory medias which are fairly large the immune cells and the immune globulins so sometimes it, 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 you you need that leakiness to let them in you don't want that leakiness but that's what happens so, you know, I've done some research about how you can shore that up. You know, what are some of the things that you can that can help promote the integrity? It turns out of also that they're very connected. The, the the one level epithelium in the gut becomes leaky and the one level endothelium, these little cells that line the capillaries getting leaky and to shore them up, there are things like um resveratrol, which is, you know, huh? from the red wine paradox, yep. you know, and and resveratrol and vitamin D and melatonin and, 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 and curcumin and um, so and and actually decreasing stress because stress creates inflammation and unfortunately affects both the gut and the blood uh, the brain barrier and even sleep. This is one when I learned, I go, oh, my God, because I'm a guy, you know, I, I you know, unfortunately, I, I'm so busy and I'm really trying to get more sleep these days, which is. Uh, because I, I can tend to just sometimes you think, ah, oh, you know, five, six hours is okay. I can do it, but it's not really right. There's a lot, there's a lot of studies that show sleep restriction and lack of sleep, yes. uh, affects, affects the blood, affects longevity, but also affects the blood brain barrier. The good news is there's one article that said, you know, you say, six days of sleep restriction really affects the integrative blood brain barrier, but then you have 24 hours of, of restorative sleep and you're back to okay. And I said, so for everybody, when I lecture the doctors, so for those of you, you can go and get 24 hours of sleep, which obviously is a joke, but if you can get a really good, deep, long sleep a few nights in a row, 
you can help restore that. So there's always that other side of restoration, which is always nice. Well, and that to me, I'll say is I used to be like brag about how little sleep I got when I was back in my corporate role. Like, oh, I only need three hours of sleep. It's not a big deal. Right, I can get right. it all done. <laughs> and it, it was like this, um, you know, this power title, I thought, you know, non-sleeper. <laughs> and exactly. I, I um, <laughs> it has become... Uh, and and I will say I'm not a, a great sleeper. I for ver- whatever the various reasons might be, but I've actually been working on it because I have read. You know, I think it's it's been trickling down in the last ten years, and maybe it's because Ariana Huffington wrote the book about the sleep revolution, and then you were hearing in the media, oh, Google has sleep pods for people that the importance of sleep, um is not just about our productivity because it does hinder that, but it also is about letting our, our cells like heal and revitalize. And, and obviously there's so much more as, as you were just stating about um, the blood brain barrier. I well, am one of the things that, okay, okay. no, 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 I, uh, please continue. One of the things that I see that's very interesting. This is fairly new in the last decade is they learned about, you know, like I said, we used to think that the brain was, totally immune privileged and nothing, the, the immune events couldn't get there from the periphery, but now we know that's not true. But there's also these lymphatics in the brain that are called glymphatics for the G, lymphatics, that actually detox and drain the brain, especially at night when you sleep. So you're actually detoxing the brain when you sleep. It's And it's, it's a system we never knew about. It's amazing. We just, it's relatively recent, it wasn't last year, but it's relatively recent discovery of these lymphatics. So if you're not allowing enough sleep, you're not allowing enough of this detox, drainage, and restorative, getting the toxins out. So even though sometimes people think of this detox as, oh my, this is all this alternative hokey pokey, it's, you know, you got to think about it. You know, the brain, the blood-brain barrier, part of its role, uh, in, in addition to keeping inflammation out, is to allowing nutrients in, you know, glucose for brain function, oxygen, amino acids, you know, various electrolytes, they got to get in. But also, there's an efflux mechanism getting the the uh, toxic metabolites out. After you know, the brain needs to clean itself. That's it's you know you know you know how it is in your house. You know yeah. you do certain things. You got to you have the nice meal. You have all the good nutrients, and you got to clean it up. Yeah. So right. if you don't allow the brain to do that, and sleep does that. So it, you, you're so funny. You, you you said that it's almost like I was the same way. I would wear this badge of non-sleep. Like oh, I have you know I'm like you know I don't know if you know this, but you you inherit. The mitochondria. The mitochondria are the intracellular organelles that create energy, right? That's what we all have. Everybody has. Their, you know, you learned about them in chemistry, biochemistry, mitochondria, right? Totally. So it was the, the mighty mitochondria. That's why they were go. strength, right? <laughs> I remember that from, it probably was 11th grade chemistry class. Yes, the mighty mitochondria. Well, guess what? They're the only thing in your body that you inherit solely from your mother, not your father. So if you look at your energy, the energy level of your mother, you could probably understand your own energy level. And I had a mother who was an energy bunny. I mean, my mother, uh, may she rest in peace. And she was a bit neurotic and, you know, with her cleanliness and her craziness about that stuff. But she had energy. She was a basketball player in high school. And I could just see her like a, probably a bullet on the court. So and I have her energy, thankfully. Right. So I used to that was my badge. Hey, you know, Bach. And I, you know, I, when I was in my younger days, I ran uh, medical organizations. I, I, there was one time I had a consultant come in. I was doing 13 projects at a time. I mean, in addition to a busy medical practice, many of them were non-for-profits. I started organizations. I did, I did tons of lecturing, but all these things. And 
you know, listen, it was great, but it, it really was probably too much, obviously. And I've learned how to take care of myself better. I couldn't say no in those days. But the point being is I prided myself that I, I could get them all done because I could do them late at, you know, till one in the morning. And I get up at 630 and I'm fine. Well, you're not really fine. Totally. But you think you are. And, totally. And, and so just, yes. what you, just what you're saying, right? Like in corporate, like it's like probably, oh, this person's amazing. They can get everything done because they don't sleep. And they look up to that, but that's, that's not taking care of yourself. Right. You know? Right. You <laughs> and, and now, and now I know this and I am so excited to, to play the grateful game with you because I am so excited about what I'm going to say. And I think, again, we're coming full circle with these conversations. So um, for all those that are new to me here, listening to the podcast, I play at the end of every episode, what's called the grateful game. And so I, I will say I jumped in so excitedly because I know I asked him beforehand if he would play. Because obviously, you know, if, 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 some, if a guest doesn't want to play, then they don't want to play and that's okay. But it's, it's been the Grateful Game is something my son and I created a few years ago when we started our own gratitude practice at home. And he was nine and he was competitive. And so, you know, he wanted to beat me at everything we ever did. Still does. And so, <laughs> and, and so we, we lie in bed at night, you know, um, and we talk about what we're grateful for and why in that day. And so all you that are listening out there, I encourage you to take a moment, whether it's with us now or it's with us, you know, by yourself, with a friend, with a neighbor, um, via Zoom later tonight. Because I, I believe, I've seen in my own experience, the power of healing, the power of positivity, the power of just like changing your mood by focusing on what you're grateful for. Now, listen, is it going to um, change my cancer? Is it going to change, uh, you know, whatever hardship you're going through? No, I can't tell you it's going to change that. But I do believe that focusing on what we're grateful for and why can help us heal, can help us, you know, maybe change and improve our mood. And so Dr. Bach said that he would play with me. And so I will kick it off. Does that work for you? Totally. All right. can I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I, I just want to take a couple minutes because I'm going to say a couple of things. All right. Cause I think it's such a great thing. First of all, in my family, we play that. We don't call it the grateful game, but we play that on Thanksgiving. We go around the table and my wife is great at this and she always initiates, but all of us, what, what are you uh, thankful for? You know, what, what do we have to give thanks for? And of course we're very fortunate in my family. And so there's, and, but we, you know, everybody gives thanks for what it is. And, um, and we also have this thing called roses and thorns. So you, you may say, what is the rose for them? What might be a thorn? Maybe it's something that, you know, you're dealing with. So, but Thanksgiving is definitely that grateful game. And so I'm going to, I would like to give two things I think are so important. One, I'm going to stretch it a little if you allow me. Yeah. And not just today, although this morning I did get a friend from one of my, my closest friends who I just spent, I just, because I'm double vaccinated, I just went to North Miami and spent time with three of my closest friends from second grade, <sighs> one from second grade and two from seventh grade. So uh, I'm extremely grateful for having close friends that date back to my childhood. There's more than these four. We four do it every year, but we have a, I have guys I play golf with that date back to junior high school, guys that I might play poker with. It's, it's really, I feel very lucky and very grateful because those are things you just, you can't manufacture them. It's unbelievable the laughs we have 
how how deep we know each other. We were in each other's house and we were little. We knew the parents. And I am extremely grateful for that. So I'd like to first share that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, and I have to say, there's almost nothing better than obviously your, your wife and your spouse and your kids. But these are, I call them my chosen family. I have two two women like that who are like sisters. And I call I call those people my chosen family. Because it doesn't always work out with your family. Face it, right? Right, it doesn't right. Doesn't always work out. So you you're giving families, and you don't get to pick, right? Well, you and don't. These, you, and yeah. friends, and I'll tell you, last night I had a Zoom, and I know a ton of people are zoomed out. You're on it for work. You're on it for um, to connect with people. But I did it with a, a group of friends from elementary school and junior high, and right. just like you're saying, it was so we weren't together. But it was hilarious, and and totally. it was really nice to just reconnect on silly things. And so I I will say um, I, I'm grateful for old, not old as in we're old, but but friends old that have spanned, right. yeah. you know. And, and we jump back in, and I'm I'm laughing like I was laughing with them on the playground in elementary school. Like it was, it was pretty powerful, and that's cool. Hey. I uh, I want to totally. Okay. No, I want to toss it back to you. What else are you grateful for and why so, uh, today, even small things? Well, but this is, well, I'm grateful for a lot of small things. Listen, I feel very grateful for my life. I'm, uh, I'm very lucky. You know, I, um, I live up here in Woodstock, uh, looking out over, you know, I live on nine acres in a beautiful place. I look at the mountains. So, uh, and I'm able to play tennis and golf very close to my home. So I'm very lucky with, friends and family. So, you know, I have a really good marriage and two great kids. So I'm very grateful for that stuff as well. There's no question. That's not small. That's huge. Right, so, right. And that's every day. But the other thing I was going to say in, in relation to the work is that I, I really am grateful for the work I get to do. Like my staff, because I've been practicing for 38 you know, years now, I can't believe it. I mean, I'm kind of giving away my age, but, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I actually feel a lot younger than my chronological age. I play, I play four and a half, five hours of singles tennis every week. I play, now it's nice. I'll play golf three, four times a week in addition to a full practice. So I feel very grateful, but the work, so my staff is worried, are you going to retire? You know? <sighs> and I say, to, and I say to them, no, I'm I'm not going to retire. I'm going to probably work a little less late, you know, and that's why I'm training people and having people like Jen, who's terrific with me. Um, uh, and I will probably need more as we go move forward. But the point is, is that I really love the opportunity to affect and help these kids and their families. Cause one of the things I'm really grateful for is that not only get the opportunity to help kids who have been really sick. I mean, I have people that come to me who have not been in school for three years. I have, teenagers that have basically been in a room and won't leave and doing like, you know, maybe like, you know, going to the bathroom in a room. I mean, so severely OCD or anxious. I mean, you know, with, with mood dysregulation, with rage and almost homicidal, it's, it's scary to the other kids in the house and the parents and, you know, all these things. So it's really uh, the fact that I get to help them and bring their lives back, but I also get to help then the families, the parents, the siblings, the grandparents, the aunts and uncles, the close friends. It, and I get, you know, obviously I hear this and it's very gratifying. And I say, why would I not do this? I mean, it's hard work. Don't get me wrong. It's very hard work, attention to detail, uh, you know, it, and very, very heartbreaking stories. 
But it's so gratifying that I say I, I'm grateful. And I've told that to my kids. I said, you know, I, you know, I'm not, you know, ready to go. And yeah. I said, I feel like I feel like I'm doing God's work. And and, you know, um, I just I love this ability to be a medical detective and really help these kids and their families. And and I'm very grateful for the opportunity to to, to, to be able to continue doing it. Well, and you can tell by the passion when you're talking about it that you love doing it. And, I, you know, I can speak from someone who does not do anything medical that, I, you know, just just a person in life, you know, when you connect with someone and they love what they do, they it is more than just a job. It is it is a really a beautiful life. And so I think from just listening to you talk, from reading your book, you can see it in that. And so I'm going to end my grateful game comment with something I think will make you smile. And I really didn't even intend to it. When I come into the podcast, I I don't write down, this is what I'm going to say about what I'm grateful for today. I just kind (laughs) of see what hits me. And it is wild to me. And listeners know that I will cry a lot and I'm about to tear up is, you know, I cry at good things. I cry at sad things, but the first person public figure figure that inspired me when I was trying to find hope with my stage four diseases, Chris Carr, is that, oh my, God. Is that my, um, my old uh, big boss. And when I worked at ESPN is Lori Labah and Lori Labah called me. She left a meeting when she heard that I was at stage four. She and I talked for a few hours and she said, there's a woman named Chris Carr. She's crazy, sexy cancer. I don't know if you know her, know of her. I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it, heard of her. But she said, I do yoga with her mother and I'm going to, I'm going to ship you her books. And so she probably, you know, went on Amazon. So she sent me a few Chris's books. And for those of you, um, I think most people that have been um, touched by cancer, uh, may may have heard of her, and if you haven't, she has just a delightful spirit, and and so I feverishly read all of her books, and I'm like, I love what she says, I love how she connects you with hope, you know. She and I are similar in so many ways, and different in a lot of ways, and she, and then through really being a, a student of her work, I was like, I want to, I wanted, I want to share my story with the world. I never wanted to be Karen with cancer. But there was something that I'm like, you know, my story is a little different. And, and if I can help people. So that's why I started Pretty Wellness. And I wow. and so I give her uh, I mean, she really is one of my, you know, part of my North Star. And wow. and so it's wow. wild that you that you bring her up on this call, that you're friends with her. And, and I am so really grateful uh, for Lori for introducing me to her, you know, through her books, through her work. And then through everything I learned, she really has been um Metaphors. Oh, so um, again, it's amazing. It almost brings tears to my eyes because it's amazing. Because I mean, I know exactly. I mean, Chris is amazing, and I I love that she affected you in that way. It's just this is look at this. This is like the way the world is. This is like the two degrees of it, separation. It really, <laughs> it really, really is. And so I and and I'll top it off with I'm really grateful uh, for for you for being, you know, not only for the work that you do for everybody in the world uh, through the books, um, through your, your practice, your company. I I'm grateful that you are sharing it with our listeners here on happiness through hardship, the podcast. And for all the listeners out there, thank you, um, for, for being supportive of the stories that we share. I hope that the, whether it's informative or it's inspirational, um, you know, I'm here to show you that there is a way to find a little bit of joy during even those hard journeys in life and to know that there's hope 
I really truly believe that that having hope is so healing whatever hardship you're going through. So I'm sending out big virtual hugs to all of you. And thank you again, Dr. Bach, for being here. And we'll all be in touch soon. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us. If you love us, they might as well. And now my parting words. This is our 50th episode. I am beyond grateful to you for joining me on this journey, for joining all of the guests in sharing their inspirational journey. I hope the information and inspiration we share on these episodes has brought a smile to your face or even motivation to take small steps toward better health and happiness. That is why we are here. We are here to help you find joy within any journey that you may be going on in life. Now, thanks again for joining us today. As always, I'm here to connect. So please reach out to at Pretty Wellness on Instagram. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.